Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that Blue Spruce Capital is lending on one to four unit fix and flips in multiple states. Contact Blue Spruce Capital by going to the show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and I know you're going to find this episode valuable because it's one of the most commonly asked questions that we get, and almost nobody else is sharing this information. Today, I'm going to answer a frequently asked question. I'm doing a 1031 exchange. Can I get into your deal? It might surprise you, but the answer is usually no. You want to listen on to this episode to find out why. But first, let me invite you to come to our Raising Money Summit on November 17th and 18th. There is no Broncos game that weekend, so we'll have no distractions. Get your tickets today by going to realbluespruce.com slash OPM, all in lowercase. They have to be in lowercase. Go to real bluespruce.com forward slash OPM. Or if it's easier for you, then just scroll down and click the link that's in the show notes. All right, so why is it difficult but not impossible to do a 1031 exchange with syndicators? And what's the one way to get around it so that you can get into one of these properties even through a 1031 exchange? So first, let me tell you what makes it difficult And the first one's the biggest one. And that's because you have to, with a 1031 exchange, do like for like. Number two is timing. Number three is that you have to actually replace not just the equity that you have in that property, but you also have to replace the amount that you have in debt. So a lot of times you have to replace a lot more, which would make it difficult for a syndicator to have you in that in that deal. So uh, what is a 1031 exchange? We'll kind of cover that shortly. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney, but I will share with you uh, a little bit of the ins and outs of what a 1031 exchange does anyway, just so that we're all up to speed and on the same page. So a 1031 exchange is part of the tax code allowing you to replace like for like. So if you are investing in real estate, you might be able to sell that real estate and buy another real estate, but you didn't have to pay the capital gains on the first sale yet. So it allows you to to defer those taxes until you sell the second piece of real estate or indefinitely, depending on how you do it. There's some cool strategies uh, that we've talked about on how you might be able to get around that deferral. But the 1031 exchange specifically just allows you to buy your next property without paying that gain first. And a lot of people want to do that when they're getting into other real estate deals. And the reason why you can't get into a syndication, usually, there is a way around it. We'll talk about that too. But the reason why it's usually a little bit difficult is because when we talk about like for like, you have to replace this kind for the same kind. Well, normally what you're doing on the first property is you're owning a property, okay? And that's why what you're doing a 1031 exchange on normally is replacing that property for another property. But in this case, we're not owning a property. So when we're doing a syndication, you're not replacing that property for a property because a syndication is really just ownership shares in a property. I hope that makes sense. You're actually just owning shares in an LLC that owns the property. So because of that, the tax code doesn't let you just sell real estate in place for shares in a company that owns real estate. Uh, 
So let me go to the next one. Timing. Timing doesn't always work for a syndicator because sometimes it takes you too long to sell that property or sometimes you just weren't ready or prepared for that property to that syndication to be available. All right. So that can put a damper on it, can make it a little bit difficult is that when you're doing a 1031 exchange, you always have to figure out the timing ahead of time. So because you have to actually, with a 1031, you have to actually claim the next property that you're buying in a certain period of time. And uh, if I understand it right, there you only you can pick one or two or three. I think it's two. You can pick two properties that you're willing to go after. And then later on, you have to pick one of them. So you have to identify it, I guess is the right term. You have to identify it first and then you have to pick one. And be, based on timing, you, it just isn't always going to be the easiest because a lot of the ten, a lot of the syndications are a sixty-day window. So first, the syndicator knows they're going to get into it, and if all the due diligence goes perfectly well, then it is possible to get into it. All right. So that's just a part of it. Is that it's not always easy to with the timing. And the third thing is that you, again, you're replacing not just the equity, but you also have to replace the debt that you have on that property. So if the property is like a $500,000 home and you want to get into the, you want to use that 100,000, you actually are going to have to replace the 400,000 that you had in debt and the 100,000. So you have to replace the whole thing. And so this kind of makes it difficult in some cases anyway, because on a syndication, a lot of syndicators, depending on the price of that property, maybe 500000 would put you over the 20% limit um, where you have to actually put you on the loan. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's a little bit hard for the person who wanted to invest in the syndication anyway because they're putting a too much money into that property which makes the lender have to kind of get their rubber gloves on and put their finger somewhere. Anyway, um, those are the main three things that make it difficult. Now, what is the only one way really to solve the problem of the like for like? And that is TIC or tenant in common. This is a specific structure that allows you actually have the person who's doing the 1031 purchase part of the property. And that entity owns part of the part of that property and then the syndication syndicates the rest so you're you're doing a tenant in common again the 1031 owns part of the actual property and then the LLC owns the difference of that property they still have to be you know replacing that loan amount and everything like that and then the syndicators can actually raise the rest of the money so because the tenant in common has a couple of drawbacks, okay? The first one is you're going to still have to qualify for the loan. Um, not every syndicator is willing to do a TIC. A te uh, okay, there's three ways to call tenant in common. Tick, TIC, or tenant in common. So just FYI, it depends on who you're talking to and when. They might be calling it and saying, let's do a tick structure. And they might say TIC structure or they might specifically spell it out all out and say tenant in common, but it could be referred to as any of those three ways. So uh, doing a TIC can cost the syndicators a little bit more in legal fees, which makes it um, not really enticing for the syndicator to want to do that TIC. So a lot of the times they'll ask for 
they'll make sure that you're putting a little bit more money into it. All right. Uh, again, the, another thing is the syndicator might have to work on uh, following where you are, like your timing, to make sure that you can legally get into that. All right. And if they're not willing to do that, there's a chance that you would have sold the old property and not be able to deploy your capital on time, or you didn't have another address picked out already. And so out of nowhere, this syndicator doesn't come through on purchasing the property. And now you're stuck with not being able to do a 1031. So it's just not always something that the, that the syndicator is going to want to jump in with you. Uh, so a lot of good information today in, the, in this episode. And it's funny, I just, I never hear enough people talking about what happens with the 1031. Um, so it's good that we're covering it today. So the timing, and then if you're going to do it, and perhaps if you're going to do that with my company, then one of the main things that we want to focus on is just making sure that everything's worth it for everybody. It needs to be worth it for you and you need to understand the risks and it needs to be worth it for us because we're, we're spending a lot more time and effort on making sure that you can come in on the deal, right? And we're also spending more, not just time and effort, but we're also spending more actual costs in legal fees to make sure that the documents are drafted appropriately. And that now we're working on that timing. We're going to close. So because of this, there are us and many other syndicators have minimums. Somebody's minimum might be 100K. Someone's might be 200. Some might be a half a million. For us in Blue Spruce, at least at the time that we're recording this episode, if it's not at least $1 million, if it's not at least $1 million, then we're not likely to want to worry about taking care of all of those, all of those other issues, a housekeeping that needs to happen when we're bringing in a 1031 exchange money. All right. So I hope, and I know, actually I'm confident that this was a valuable episode. And because of such, I think that there's probably going to be, well, actually I know that you're, you probably have a few friends that wanted to know this information as well. So what I'm hoping, what I would ask you to do is it went Think about now just those people that needed to hear this, that needed to know what a TIC is and what the way around being able to come in on a syndication. Go ahead and forward this on to them. And as always, if you want to be sipping out of your happiness is passive cash flow mug, then please leave me a five-star rating and review, a written review. Take a screenshot of that five-star rating and review. And just send it to adam at realbluespruce.com. That's my website, adam at realbluespruce.com. And I'll go ahead and mail you this mug, your cup of coffee. In Well, actually, it won't have coffee in it. It'll just be an empty mug. They have told me that it is not safe to send hot objects through the mail. Let me read a recent review before we let you go. Uh, first, this is from Mayday Leon. And thank you, Mayday, for um, sending the five-star review. We really always appreciate that ever so much. It says, or the title is, Passion for Real Estate. And then inside it says, I listened to the first episode of this podcast, and I'm impressed with Adam's passion for real estate. I strongly recommend people who want to learn more about real estate to listen to him. His experience will help you a lot. Thank you, Adam, for sharing your knowledge with your audience. Mayday. All right, perfect. So, Mayday, I actually got your, your 
screenshot for the re this review. Thank you for doing that. And we are sending you your, I think you, I remember you said you asked for a t-shirt. All right, so your women's t-shirt is on its way to you right now. So I hope you have that and you'll be walking through and uh, going to your next meetings and everybody's going to see your shirt, Nate. So I'm glad you took the time to leave a five-star review and a rating. And I know that that just helps us get in front of more and more people. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of the day to do that for us. Until next time, think outside the box. Hey, it's DJ. And I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. We're glad you keep listening to each episode. And I want to ask you to please take a minute to give us a five-star review. And remember, we are not attorneys or CPAs. This is just the stuff you bring to your advisors.